We're Cynthia Vargavisser and Michelle Walters, co-hosts of Mind Power Meets Mystic. Our weekly show is here to expand your mind to what's possible, to uplift your spirits, to move forward with confidence and joy, and to create a space for your collaboration with the invisible. Welcome to Mind Power Meets Mystic. Welcome, everyone. You are listening to our episode of Mind Power Meets Mystic. This is me, Michelle Walters, and I am here solo without Cynthia today. I have the honor of speaking to Bonnie Russell. Bonnie is a great personal friend, and she is also a happiness specialist. After three near-death experiences and a lifelong fascination with the mechanics of healing, Dr. Bonnie M. Russell bridges the gap between science and spirit and boils it all down to one super simple root, joy. In her practice, Bonnie provides practical methods to obtain the kind of real joy and wellness that restores wellness to body and soul. Welcome, Bonnie. Well, thank you so much for having me. I'm thrilled to be here. I'm so happy you could come. You are kicking off our October of Halloweeny, death, veil, ghosts, all kinds of things that we are going to cover this year on our October podcast. And for those of you who haven't yet met Bonnie, I met Bonnie little over a year ago. I met her in an online group. And then I was delighted as I was looking across a circle of people at a lovely event that's held locally called Woo Woo in the Redwoods. And there was this face. There was this face that I thought, oh my gosh, I think that's Bonnie. And it turned out it was Bonnie. And so it's just lovely to find people who are both online and local and who have as many talents to bring to their communities as you do, Bonnie. Well, we definitely have resonance between us, that's for sure. <laughs> yes, yes. Well, another one of the reasons why I wanted to bring Bonnie on Mind Power Meets Mystic is that I heard Bonnie speak a couple of months ago about near-death experiences. And it's not a topic we've talked about yet on Mind Power Meets Mystic. And I think it is the perfect topic to be thinking about and talking about as Halloween approaches. And so I thought we would start off with the simple first question. I hope it's not too hard. Bonnie, how would you define a near-death experience or what some people call NDE? Okay. Well, a near-death experience is any time that you have almost crossed the veil. So it could be due to an illness. It could be due to an accident. Any myriad of things can bring you close to that uh, exit point. And in, in my training, I've learned that when we, before we decide to incarnate, we write into our personal blueprint, several different exit points. And sometimes you'll know you've had a horrible car accident and you wake up and you walk away from it. Well, that could have possibly been an exit point for you. And you just decided, no, I'm not ready to go yet. I think I'll stay for a little while. Well, some of us, when we hit those exit points and we decide to stay, we make that decision a minute or two after we've actually left the body. That's when we decide to come back. Does that make sense? I think that's probably the simplest way to explain it. Yeah. Yeah. No, that does make sense to me. And it fits with kind of 
I don't know, the way I think about things. But I think for for those of us like me who have never had a near-death experience, they're rather fascinating. And so I was hoping you could share with our listeners, I know you said you had three of them, um, one or two or whichever of them you feel like um, might be good and fit with fit with October 2023. Okay. <laughs> well, each one of them brought back, I brought back different gifts every time I went across. And trust me, as this is coming out of my mouth, I know how crazy this all sounds because people tell these stories all the time, but that just goes to show that this is actually really real. Every time I made that decision to come back, I brought back with me some wisdom, some clarity, some knowledge that, oh my gosh, that is home. It is peace. There's nothing waiting for us but love. There's no judgment. There's nobody standing there with a list that they're going to make you check off. Did you do this, 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 and this? It It doesn't exist. It's not like that at all. So because I was able to have those experiences, I I found that I'm pretty gifted at being at the bedside of someone who is making their final transition. And a part of my training was as a chaplain in home healthcare, hospice, home healthcare. So I did that for a number of years. But your question was about (laughs) the near-death experience itself. So I'm going to just tell you about the very first one. That was when I was actually a toddler. I was probably close to two years old, not quite two years old. And I fell and hit my head hard enough that I lost consciousness. I was rushed to the hospital and I remember regaining consciousness in the x-ray machine. And gosh, that was 1968. So it was very loud, bang, bang, bang. And it was, you know, scary for a little baby. And I remember seeing my mother, I remember seeing her crying, and I remember her big pregnant belly. She was carrying my brother at the time, and years later, when I was recounting my experience to her, I told her, I remember seeing you crying, I remember your belly, and she said, that's not possible, because they wouldn't let me in the room. You were in, you know, in an x-ray, they don't allow pregnant women to be near the x-ray, but I can see her clear as a, clear as day in my in my mind's eye. She said, "Nope, just wasn't possible." So I know that that was my first one. And another reason I know that is because shortly after that, I have a memory of being in my crib, and I was wide awake. It was after dark, but there was light coming in the bedroom with uh, the bedroom door. And I saw a line of spirits walking in through the door, making their way around the room and up onto the foot of my crib, walking right through the bars and then into the wall behind my head. And I wasn't scared. I wasn't concerned. But there was one specific entity who made himself very clear to me. He came right to my face. And I don't think he said anything but he made it pretty clear to me in his own way that they were my posse, that they were gonna be with me for my life and that everything was okay. And that's really the last memory that I have. I just fell asleep and that was that. 
Wow, Bonnie, what a trippy memory. (laughs) That's just crazy. And, and to imagine you as this little tiny toddler in, in your crib, watching all of this go down. How nuts is that? I I mean, it's nuts and beautiful all at the same time. And shortly after that experience, I started to tell, um, well, I started to tell my parents about things that were going to happen. I didn't have a word for that precognition. I would just say things like Andy's dead. And I would be told that's not nice. And then the phone rang. My mother's cousin, Andy, his body was just found. He had drowned in the lake. I could just see these things and tell them. One time we were at a birthday party and I must've been five years old, tops. (laughs) And we were at the party behind a big apartment complex. So all the units looked exactly the same. Mm -hmm. I went into the one that I knew was my cousin's apartment and I was reaching into the playpen to get a toy there was a playpen in the corner of the kitchen and as I was doing that I saw a woman behind me in a rocking chair an old woman afghan on her lap and she started to yell at me to get out of this house you don't belong here and so I went outside to my mother and I said some lady just yelled at me in the kitchen and my aunt said there's nobody in the kitchen, honey. There's nobody in there. But yet I saw her and she yelled at me. <laughs> yeah. You saw her. You saw, saw her. her. She might not have a body the rest of you can see, but Bonnie saw it. Bonnie saw her. <laughs> Bonnie saw it. I am wondering if your experience in the x-ray as a two-year-old, if you were having an out-of-body experience and that's why you were able to see your mother in another room. Was that, I believe was that so. maybe? I yeah. believe so. Did you have out-of-body experiences in either of your other NDEs? Not like that, no. Not the same way, okay. No. In in the second one, I was 17 years old and I was in the backseat of a 74 Firebird. Man, we thought we were so cool. (laughs) Well, you were so cool. We were so cool. It was 1985. At that time. (laughs) Yeah. And we were just cruising down the highway. Somebody cut us off in traffic and we hit a telephone pole. In the back seat, I flew over my friends who were in the front seats and I hit my head on the dashboard and then fell on just across the body of my girlfriend. So yeah, my head was on her feet. Okay. And my scalp was ripped back. So I was rushed to a trauma center. I know it was terrible. In the hospital, in the recovery room, when I made my, uh, when I returned to consciousness, the doctor asked me three questions. He said, do you know where you are? And I said, yeah, I think I'm in the hospital. And he said, do you know what happened? And I said, I'm pretty sure we hit that telephone pole because I could remember seeing us heading for it. And then the third question he asked was, how long have you been here? And I said, about three weeks. And he said, no, it's only been about four or five hours. And when he said that, right, right. uh, My mind was blown. And I just started, the tears just started to run down my face because I had at least three weeks of memories of being in paradise. I was, yeah, I was in that place 
for all the answers to all the questions you could ever have were there. I visited with people who were no longer with us on this plane and it just, it felt like so much time away. And the tears were partly because I couldn't understand that dissonance and partly because I couldn't believe I was back. Like, oh my gosh, I'm back. It was amazing. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's really interesting. So I think you've done some training in hypnosis. I do a lot of work in hypnosis. And one of the things that I do see with clients pretty regularly is that their sense of time is completely mixed up in right. hypnosis that, you know, they'll think that they've been under for 10 minutes and I'll tell them it's been 45 minutes or something like that, you know, or vice versa. I mean, that happens too, right? Um, so it is really interesting as I think about sort of time and realizing that, you know, we all have sort of this this belief that time is very consistent, right? Because that's just kind of the earthly experience. But once you, once you leave the earthly experience and you're in another realm, you're in a state of trance, time, time is different. I don't know how else to say it's just, it can be. There's no such thing as time. And this, the gift from that experience is that I now understand how quantum healing works. And in my office, when I see my clients and I do hypnosis with them or just guided meditations, simple guided meditations, I ask them to envision their perfect healed self Mm -hmm. in five years from now. Mm -hmm. And you have the ability to do that because it feels so detached. And so once you do that, once you have that perfect picture of your healed self, when you can see the clothes she's wearing, you can smell the perfume, you know what car she drives, what clothes she wears, all of it. When you have that picture, you can fold time, you can bring her to you. And that is quantum healing. It doesn't have to take five years. Once you see it, you can have it. Beautiful. I am now going to take a little quick moment to remind all of our listeners that they are here listening to me, Michelle Walters. I'm the mind power of the mind power meets mystic podcast. My co-host Cynthia Barkavisser has the day off. I am talking to Reverend Dr. Bonnie Russell, who is a happiness specialist and does shamanic work and hypnosis work. And we are talking about her NDE experiences and I'm just having a great time. So I hope the rest of you listening are having a great time too. Bonnie, I wanted to ask you also a little bit about your time in the jungle because you spent years as I understand it in the jungle um learning shamanic practices and that kind of a thing and I I, I'm sure those are are complementarily or intertwined with the NDE work but share with our listeners a little bit about what that chapter of your life was all about Oh my gosh. Well, it all fits together neatly. For the longest time, I didn't see how it was going to fit together, but it actually does. I was raised in a holistic household. So my interest in herbs and herbal medicine was pretty natural. I became a master herbalist and I had the opportunity to move to Central America and study with a Maya shaman for five years. So cool. (laughs) So cool, right? Yes. So it turned out he, um, his family really wasn't interested in learning the old ways. They want a pill just like modern Americans pretty much did for the longest time. So after I moved to Central America, 
this man came knocking on my gate, had no idea who he was. But when I went out to greet him, he said that he had had a dream about this shaman lady who lived in the neighborhood. And he asked people to help him find me. And so he asked me, are you the shaman lady? <laughs> and first I giggled and I said, no, yeah, looking yeah, for the job. <laughs> the job came looking for you. <laughs> right. Uh, because that's my formal training. I have my PhD in shamanistic theology. So that married very well well with the herbal medicine and when he asked me if I wanted to learn all of his secrets and all of his um, spiritual and plant medicine I wanted all of it absolutely I said sign me up let's go that is so cool I, I think um, I don't know I'm I'm one of those crazy people who thinks that I don't know if I could spend five years but certainly going to the jungle to learn ancient oh secrets from medicine man like sign me up i i would totally be down with that that sounds really 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 cool it was a lot of work i mean it was camping basically living in the yeah. jungle you have to make everything that you need and i mean clothes food anything you need you have to be able to manufacture on your own and uh but it was a heck of an adventure i'm thrilled that i was able to do it but it was during my time in the jungle that i had my third near-death experience and if we have time, I can relay that for you. Yeah, tell quick. me about that one. We have a few more minutes. So we're away from modern medicine and I developed a kidney infection and it was bad enough that I had 104 plus fever for Ooh. about 10 days. Oh my gosh. And so yes, it was very frightening, scared my poor husband to death, but I had the knowledge of all these herbs. And so I kept telling him what to bring to me. But during that time, Throughout those 10 days, I felt like I had one foot in this world and one foot on the other side. I was visiting with people and then I would come back and my body would hurt. I'd say, okay, bring me this tea and I would take the tea and then I would go back to the other side. And so I had this sweeping back and forth thing for 10 days. Wow. On the 10th day, my father who was recently deceased was sitting on my left side and his father was sitting on my right side. And each of them was just stroking my arm like they used to do when I was a little girl and letting me know that, okay, we've had enough now. It's time for you to go back. You have to go back and teach all of this, what you've been learning to do with the Paulo, the, Ma the Mayan shaman. You got to go back now and fulfill your promise. And the fever broke and I was back. Wow. Tell us in, in a couple of minutes, what's it like on the other side? Oh my God. That's what everybody wants to know, Bonnie. Like for those of us who haven't been there, I mean, I, I, I've heard it from you. I've heard it from many people, but I can't get enough of hearing about it. And I'm sure our listeners are the same way. Well, the funny thing is it varies. So for some some of my moments there, it's just like this beautiful blue nothingness where everything is perfect. And you just know that you have all the answers to all the questions and everything is just great. You're in paradise. And then there are times where you actually get to visit with people who have gone before you. And then there are times when you get to see ascended masters and visit with angels or uh, spirit guides. That was kind of cool to be able to actually meet face to face with my spirit guide and, uh, I, <laughs> this is kind of silly, but I asked him to show me my, my records. Where's my book? <laughs> and he took me to the Akashic Records. 
yeah. Yeah, yeah. My book? Like, There's got to be a book about me somewhere up here. Am I supposed to go? Am I supposed to say? I was very practical. Where's the book? <laughs> and that's sort of where I got the idea too, or he, he let me know that there is no checklist. Nobody is ever going to judge you once you get here, you're home. And the way that I understand it is we are here in these lives, in having these adventures and it's very much like going to summer camp. So you go for a time, you have an experience, and then you return home and you tell everybody about what fun you had. And that's why- That sounds pretty good to me. Oh my gosh. Right? I like that. I like that point of view. So I feel like the entire point and purpose of life is to have a good time. We're supposed to be having fun. If things are difficult, it's only to help us to refine something that we need to help us to enhance our fun. Because really, there are just a few things that any of us really want out of this life. We want to have plenty of money so that we can have tons of fun. We want to have great relationships with people so that we can have tons of fun. We want to have a great career that is tons of fun. Everything comes together. And so if you are in a place where you are not having fun, that's when you seek out a therapist like me or a hypnosis therapist like you so that you can be reminded that this is supposed to be fun. Drop all of the trauma. Let me help you get through it and uh, get you back on your mission. The reason that you came here. To have fun. Have fun. Like it. That seems like a really good message for October, doesn't it? Like yeah, should be a month of having fun and playing yeah. with ideas and wearing crazy costumes and yes. being being people that you only dream about being, right? Yes, it's fun. So, Bonnie, <laughs> uh, tell our listeners um, where they can get a hold of you, what events you have coming up, kind of uh, how how they can play okay. with you. Great. Well, it's super simple. You can find all of my information, my books, and my courses and everything is going to be at my link tree just link tree bonnie m russell that's all you have to remember and it's all there and coming up in january i am going to be putting together my annual holistic expo and it's going to be again at the moose lodge in castro valley this time i'm going to do it a little bit different past years i've always had holistic and fitness experts this year, I'm going to have holistic and psychic experts. Excellent. So you'll be able to ask all of these questions to all of those fun people. Yeah. Excellent. Well, I'm sure that's going to be a great event. I had a chance to stop by your event last year at the Moose Lodge, and it was it was great. It was yeah. great. So um, people will have to go to Linktree and find the info and join yeah. you. Yes. In person. In person. In person. Yeah. And so, you can come and get your vitamin H. That's a healthy healing hug. <laughs> Everybody needs some vitamin H. Very good. Very good. Well, thank you so much for being on our show today. This has been Michelle Walters interviewing Bonnie Russell. Thank you so much, Bonnie. And uh, I'll be seeing you around. My pleasure, Michelle. This has been a blast. See you next time. Thanks. Bye-bye. You've been listening to... Mind Power Meets Mystic.